Hey everyone, welcome back to Southern Pride Storytime. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do something a little weird for our Cinderella Part 3, or sorry, Part 3, Part 6. What we're going to do is talk about different types of Cinderella that I wanted to utilize here just as an interesting comparison. So we're going to compare Ash Poodle, who we discussed a little bit in our previous five episodes, versus Ye Shan, who is the Chinese Cinderella, and the Greek Cinderella, whose name I will not be saying on this podcast. If you're an adult, you can look up Greek Cinderella's name on your own. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I do try to keep the language somewhat tame here, and there's a certain level of sassiness that even I'm not comfortable with. And the Greek Cinderella... Well, Ash Poodle means dirty girl, and as, as unflattering of a nickname as that was from her stepsisters, the Greek one's name is worse. But the Greek one is kind of a darker Cinderella version from start to finish. John Solo from the Messed Up Origins channel on YouTube does an awesome, really quick review of the Greek Cinderella, where he does refer to her by the actual name that they give her in the story. I'm just going to be calling her Cinderella, but I wanted to be honest with you right from the get-go because I do this podcast so that people get more contact with the original stories and get more exposure to them. I just wanted to be honest from the beginning. I'm not using her actual name in this one and that you can look it up. I even gave you a source to do it, so we can't say that I'm excluding facts. I'm just keeping my family-friendly rating over here, okay? So Ash Poodle, as we discussed in our last five episodes of Cinderella is from the Brothers Grimm. Um, and it starts out with the wife of a rich man growing sick and telling her daughter to be good. And then she dies and the daughter goes to her grave every single day and weeps and prays. I'm going to zip through this one a little bit because we've already talked about Ash Poodle a little bit. By the next spring, her father has two new daughters who are fair in face, but foul of heart. Her family took her nice clothes away and turned her into a scullery maid. And since she no longer had a bed, she had to sleep by the mantle, which is how she gets covered in ashes. One day her father is going to the fair. And of course the other sisters request clothes and fine jewels and all of that kind of thing. Ash Poodle asks for the first branch that touches his hat on the way back. He returns and gives that hazel twig to her and she plants it on her mother's grave and weeps three times a day at the grave, watering it with her tears as she prays. And of course, soon then it grows into a mighty tree and a beautiful white bird is nested in it, watching over her. In some versions, this bird is a pigeon. In other versions, it's a dove. So I'm just going to say bird because it can be a different kind of bird depending on your translation. Later, the king holds a three-day feast to find his son a bride. Ash Poodle dresses her sisters, does their hair, scrubs them down, gets them all party in party form, and then she begs her stepmother if she can go. And we see the two lentil tests that we already talked about where the birds gather the lentils out of the ashes for her. Of course, even then, when she succeeds, the stepmother refuses, so she had no intention of letting her go anyway and put her through all that for nothing because she's a jerk. As much as it sucks to just say no to somebody and as cold as that is, it's still less of a jerk move than to make them do all that extra work and just to tell them no anyway. It's not like she gained anything from it. The lentils weren't dirty before she threw them in the fire. Anyway, 
Under the hazel tree, she gets a gold and silver gown and goes to the feast anyway, where she parties with the prince and her sisters who don't recognize her. They haven't seen her clean in years. He tries to escort her home, but she slips away. The same thing happens the second night, and she tries the same thing the third night, but this prince covered the steps with pitch, and one of her shoes sticks tight. He then has everyone in the court try on the shoe until he finds her. Then they get married. Her stepsisters come to the wedding, hoping to get back into good graces. Her bird friends pack out one eye from each sister on the way into the wedding and one eye on the way out. Again, I'm going to say these sisters were super committed to going to that wedding if they sat through it after having their eyeball picked out. I'm just saying it's it's rough, but I don't think they get enough credit for like their pain tolerance because that's pretty incredible. Other than that, happily ever after. And we see, you know, losing two eyes, a chunk of your heel and one of your toes is still getting off a lot easier than Snow White's stepmother. So as far as villain punishments go in Grim Tales, losing a couple eyeballs is actually pretty mild. Next, we come to Ye Shan, which was recorded in 850 AD, one of the earliest versions of Cinderella. I say one of because while it's one of the earliest ones we have on record, we're not 100% sure that it is the, the Genesis story, the source story of Cinderella, but we know that it's one of the oldest ones we have. On the southern coast of China, a village leader had two wives, one who was kind and influenced him for the good, and the other who will surely turn into our evil stepmother and drove him towards power. The daughter of the good wife was Ye Shen, and she was smart and sweet as her sister was cruel and jealous. But still, she had a great life until one day she was playing by the water, and when she was late to get home, her mother went searching for her. A pair of bandits captured the mother, using her daughter as bait. Mother and daughter struggle with the men, and Ye Shen's mother is killed one of the bandits, and Ye Shen killed the other, but the mother was lost in the fight. So this is a pretty different Cinderella story. We're starting right off with some murder. Cinderella did a murder, guys. <laughs> this is this is a, a very different Cinderella here. Um, anyway, so she escapes, but her mother was killed in the struggle. Ye Shen's stepmother then turned her father's grief into rage at the tribe from whom the bandits came, and the next day he went to war. In her father's absence, her stepmother made her a prisoner in her own home, and as the soldiers returned, her father did not. The three women begin to struggle financially, and Ye Shen was blamed for the loss of her father every single day. Even though stepmom's the one who sent him out there to fight. Just saying. Eventually, like Cinderella, they could not afford the household staff or even a decent home. Ye Shen began re became responsible for the house and all of the chores, the manual labor, the firewood, the maintenance of the home, and she was barely ever able to get a moment away for herself. One day, as she sat by the river, she met a large, sparkling silver fish. He told her that her mother in heaven had sent her to cheer her up and bring some happiness into her life. Over the years, he always came there and became her best friend. One night, after a very bad day, Ye Shen carefully snuck out of the shack to confide in the fish, and her stepmother followed her, thinking that she was sneaking off to see a boy. She watched her stepdaughter talk to the fish. Fearing that having a magical friend might enable Ye Shen to protect herself, she disguised herself as her stepdaughter and killed the fish the next day while Ye Shen was off doing a chore in town. When Ye Shen got home, she smelled delicious fish coming from a covered dish on the table. 
Her hungry stomach whined with desire, but until her stepmother lifted the lid and then revealed that her only friend was their dinner. When she tried to get up to leave, her stepmother physically restrained her while her stepsister ate the entire fish, screaming about this being the punishment for keeping secrets. She told Yeshin to clean up the mess, then left to shop for clothing for the New Year's festival. She was about to give up all hope when one of her ancestors appeared to tell her that the fish was happy and in heaven, and that if she buried the bones in each corner of her room, she would be able to use his powers to give herself one wish. He then faded away like smoke in the breeze. She did as the old man said and finished burying the remains just as her mother and stepsister arrived. She made the two of them dinner, then went to bed, thinking about her wish. The next day, the day of the New Year festival, Ye Shen's mother and stepsister got ready to go to the festival, then left Ye Shen with a massive list of chores to do in their absence. As soon as they were gone, she closed her eyes and made her wish. She wanted to be able to go to the festival. To her surprise, her chores began to do themselves. When the shack was spick and span, her clothes turned into a magnificent dress. Clean and dressed and ready to go, she attended the festival for the first time since her father had died. As soon as she arrived, all the young men wanted to dance with her. Eventually, she found herself dancing with the most handsome man she had ever seen. When the festival ended, she was startled. She needed to get home before her family. She was in such a hurry that she dropped her silver koi fish patterned slipper and did not go back to retrieve it. The young man tried to find her and was crushed to be alone in a crowd of couples. He found her slipper and knew exactly what he needed to do. Like in Cinderella, the young prince searched the whole kingdom for her. The nobility and even the tribesmen of his kingdom didn't seem to know the maiden. Exhausted, he knelt by the river for a drink when he noticed a tiny shack and a young woman sitting beside it. He thought he recognized her, so he approached, only to be stopped by the stepmother. He saw that she didn't look exactly like he remembered, but it had been a few months. Seeing like that he dressed like a nobleman, the stepmother's attitude did a quick 180, and she reassured him that he had seen her daughter at the festival. He asked the young girl to try on the slipper, and it didn't fit. He was about to leave when he saw a girl dressed in filthy, tattered rags carrying a massive stack of firewood. When she saw him, she was so shocked that she immediately dropped the branches and her stepmother started right in on her. He paused, examining her before politely asking if she had been at the New Year's festival. The stepmother furiously denied this. Unimpressed, he spoke only to Ye Shin, asking if she would try on the slipper. Though, when their eyes met, he already knew it was a perfect fit. He took her away to his palace as his wife, and she never saw the shack or her miserable family again because the shack was wiped out by a rock slide while they were her her uh, mother and sister were fighting over who had to do the chores so uh that was wrapped up pretty tidy as well it's a little more violent than losing an eyeball but they're gone next is the greek cinderella aka she who will not be named in this podcast during the a terrible famine, a woman and her three daughters are half mad with starvation. They were spinning thread for the blankets they sold for food when the oldest sister proposed a game. Whoever drops their spindle first would become dinner. Cinderella 
was shocked that her mother wasn't doing anything about this. Normally, she'd put a stop to this kind of thing, which the fact that it says that freaks me out because that means that this kind of thing is normal. <laughs> um, but she picks up her loom at her sister's command. Their mother had always kept their sisters in line, but starvation had made her too weak to resist. The three girls and their mother spun until their weakened mother dropped her spindle. The two older sisters stalked up to their mother, and Cinderella threw herself between them. She tried to protect her mother, but was clubbed on the head by one of her sisters and lost consciousness. When she awoke, her sisters were already eating their mother. They had even had the time to cook her. How long had she been unconscious? She ran out of the room and sat on an old saddle and sobbed as her sisters mocked her and kept eating. When the sisters went to bed, Cinderella cleaned up the house, unable to live with the carnage of her mother's murder. She buried her mother's bones under the hearthstone and cleansed the area with sage, doing the best she could to give her a proper burial. For days, the sisters tormented Cinderella, who prayed at her mother's grave every day. One day, when the sisters left for church, she was going to unearth her mother and give her a proper burial. But in place of her mother's bones, she found a blinding light and golden gown. She slipped into the dress and the pair of slippers that came with them, sitting on top of a pile of gold coins. She took the sack of gold into town and entered the church. In the luminescent gown, the locals thought she was an angel. As she tossed coins into the crowd, people lunged at the coins desperately. Cinderella heard her own sister cry, Kill her! She's got more money! And Cinderella ran, tossing coins along the way. Once she reached home, she changed into her clothes and dove back into her sickbed. Her sisters entered and mocked her for missing out. The next Sunday, she found a pile of gold and had renewed itself. She went back to the church and she told the villagers that the gifts from God would cease if people did not act with kindness. And with that, she dropped the coins and left, hoping it would make her sisters better people. To her disappointment, her sisters had spent their share of the money as soon as they got it. They had spent it all on clothes and wine, and that night they overindulged and mocked their sister, saying that God had forgotten her, but was blessing them for being faithful. Disappointed, she sat back on the saddle and thought of a new plan. The next Sunday, she changed again. This time she wanted to scare her sisters straight. She opened the door only to find herself face to face with the prince, who immediately demanded that she be captured, so Cinderella ran away. In the chase, she lost one of the slippers that had come with the gown. She saw the prince and the guards examining it as she ran home and changed. Soon after, her sisters returned. The sisters entered the room talking about the princess and princesses and shoes. They told her that the prince had come to see the golden angel, and during the chase, he had soon realized that it was just an ordinary woman. He was immediately enamored by her and vowed that whoever fit into her slipper would be his bride. The sisters were already planning for palace life. The royal guard knocked at the door, and she realized that she hadn't put her other slipper away. Quickly, she sat on it to hide it. Both sisters haughtily tried on the shoe, and both failed. The prince offered to have her try. The prince politely slid her foot perfectly into the shoe and took her away, and a year later, she and the prince had an adorable baby boy. Cinderella's sisters visit, begging to earn her forgiveness. She let them in, and as she turned to get the baby to show them, her sisters knocked her out again. 
This was her thanks for seeing them alone. This was her thanks for trusting someone so selfish that they could only hurt her. The sisters shoved her into a trunk and threw that trunk into the river. When the trunk washed ashore, an old woman pulled her out of the trunk and stole it. As a pack of wolves surrounded the princess, she prayed for a hole in the ground to hide in. When she opened her eyes, a cave appeared, but the wolves followed her into the cave and cornered her. She prayed to get away and found herself by a lovely little cabin. The heartbroken prince searched everywhere for his wife. He found the broken trunk and followed Cinderella's footprints through the cave where he thought, fought off the wolves and entered the cabin. Inside the cabin, all of the objects seemed to be magical, cooking, cleaning, and working on their own. He picked up one of the whispering, talking spoons when he saw a woman silhouetted against the fireplace. He heard the voice of his wife laughing and telling him that there was no need to steal what was already his. Shocked, he ran to his wife and kissed her. Dinner set itself at the table, and they had a delightful supper. Then Cinderella commanded the house to take them home, and it did. Know what time it is? Public execution time! Woo! If you want to decrease the crime in your neighborhood, stop using criminals' entitled feelings as an excuse to treat them to some and treat them to some humiliating public execution, the ultimate crime deterrent. When crime has no consequences, why not commit crime? Cinderella's sister's crimes had lethal consequences. Some people really are mentally ill, and some learn their lessons and turn around. Others, like Cinderella's sisters, are too dangerous to be allowed around normal people and will keep committing crimes over and over and over. For these unrepentant criminals, it's kind of best to just let them, you know, stop hurting everybody else. So the prince cut off the sister's heads himself while she sat atop her mother's saddle. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with a friend. I appreciate your support, and uh, if you enjoyed hearing the a couple different versions of the classic Cinderella story, I hope that you'll tune in again. Really, these stories span the globe, but the main thing that they all kind of have in common is the issue of trying on a shoe. So either worldwide we're super obsessed with shoes, or these all kind of evolved from one story. I'll let you decide which because scholars still haven't decided. And thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.